honored guests. Thank you for coming to this assembly. If you'll please take a seat, our meeting will start presently. Gentlemen, you have the floor. Hey Ryan, question for you. What's that, Daniel? Um, if there was a zombie apocalypse, what would be your strategy for survival? Oh, well, uh, my current residence is on the second floor, so that's probably a good start. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for uh, well, before before answering this, uh, are what type of zombies are these? There's that all was, sorts. There's all sorts yeah. of different ones. I was just gonna clarify that. So. I was thinking classic zombies, so like, like not slow. Not, yeah, not like the mutant, like crawling anything, like super fast, freaky ones. I was thinking okay. like the slow, like reanimated corpses. Okay, um, if you got slow shambling corpses, uh, you we probably don't have uh, too much to worry about. So I'm pr I'm way overthinking this question, but if if the zombie apocalypse is happening and all you see are just slow shambling reanimated corpses, it's probably it's probably an airborne thing, like an airborne virus, because they're so slow. Like there's no way it's it's happening that fast, right? Sure, it, sure. And so um, I'm thinking that you can probably outrun most of of what's going on. The problem's going to be food. I was thinking the problem was going to be outrunning the air, since apparently no, this well, is thing. If I'm fine, and if I'm still coherent, and I'm in my right mind, and I'm not a zombie, I'm probably immune at this point. So I'm just going to assume that like I'm okay as long as I don't get bit. Okay, gotcha, <laughs> I don't, gotcha. I don't want to die from being eaten alive, thank you. Uh, so my, my main concern at this point, then, would be um, uh, food. Because like shambling zombies, you can you can board up things. I can put some heavy stuff in front of the door. I'm okay, and especially on the second floor. And the way to get to me is really difficult. Um, what's going to happen is what you saw just recently with this pandemic of the virus that broke out is everybody's going to be running for the toilet paper aisle, right? So I'm going to go to the food aisle where nobody else is. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, I've I've thought about this and. Uh, you don't want to go and fight your way through a bunch of people at the at the grocery store. If you get there first, great. Uh, you know you can you can get some supplies. But what you want to do is you want to go to the pet store because your object is to survive, not necessarily to be comfortable. No one's going to the pet store, but there's a but like those canned foods for cats are. I mean, like it's just tuna fish. Right, like you can get a lot of stuff there that actually can keep you alive for a long time. Okay, um, and and you might be able to pick yourself up a guard dog. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but uh, it's it's something that I've I've thought about that if you go there, there's a lot of things there that you can actually use for uh for survival. And if worse came to worse, like you can eat milk bone dog biscuits. They're horrible, disgusting, but they will keep you alive. So salty. So salty. <laughs> um, okay, that is an interesting, interesting take. I think you'd probably survive longer than maybe the average. Person. Nobody else is going there. I can promise you that. That's true. You're gonna have your own, uh, your own run of the place. Um, I think 
so this current um, pandemic situation has revealed that I have on hand most of the things I need to survive. All right. Like, I, like, before the pandemic was happening and everyone was stocking up on food, I was buying five-pound jars of peanut butter and 10-pound bags of rice. <laughs> Like I just buy those things because that's <laughs> what I eat. Um, like rice, beans, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So like food, I think I'm just, if I had to like hunker down in my apartment right now, as long as I had water, I'd be okay. Yeah. Um, and so my goal would be to probably get away from civilization. That would be kind of my first thing is like packing everything up in my car and like driving. We live in Wisconsin, so it's yeah. already kind of the middle of nowhere. But just driving like further north to northern Wisconsin. Where yeah, literally nobody is. Nobody is there. Nobody's going to bother you. The zombies are not going to walk that far. <laughs> and then just wait it out. <laughs> well, that was actually going to be my next point, is that all we have to do is survive till winter. And we're good. Since we live in Wisconsin, all the zombies will die. <laughs> there's no way they're surviving the winter, and so uh, we you just have to have enough food to make it to uh, to like you know October, yeah. and uh, you should be good. Great. Okay, so I think we both survive. Oh yeah, absolutely. Every time, we're good. Nice. So, <laughs> uh, welcome to the assemblyman, where it's okay to ask for directions. Uh, here in the assembly, our purpose is personal development. And each week, our goal is to highlight one virtue or outstanding. And each week, our goal is to highlight one virtue of outstanding individuals for us to cultivate in our own lives. So, Ryan, would you like to introduce this week's theme? Absolutely. This week, we have today's theme the theme of sacrifice. Sacrifice. What do you think of when I say the word sacrifice, Daniel? Uh, when I think of the word sacrifice, I think of um, giving someone else the last piece of cake when there's oh. only one piece of cake left. Wow. Um, see, there's there's only so much I believe a person can do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I can go that far. We talked last week about the ice cream. Now you're saying cake? I can't. This this podcast is gonna kill me. Um, <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Sacrifice. Um, it is putting yourself. It is basically putting yourself second. It's putting others before yourself. Um, considering them like better, I guess, or more important in a certain situation. Um, it's it is a quality that is admired by many and practiced by not as many i don't want to say few because that's not true but um yeah. it's it is a hard quality to cultivate in your own life but to help us do that and to become men and women who practice sacrifice we have this week's look at this guy look at this guy so this week this week's look at this guy is going to be a little bit different. Um, usually we have like one person that we are talking about, whether it's a real person or a fictional person uh, that exemplifies the qualities that we're talking about throughout the week. But today 
for our look at this guy segment, we actually have three people that we're talking about. Wow. And they're, yeah, yeah, triple. Tripling it up, uh, you get three for the price of one, and the price is zero. So <laughs> the, the three we're talking about today are Alexei Ananeko of Valery Bespalov and Boris Baranov. I apologize if I didn't get those exactly right. I don't speak Russian. Um, <laughs> so why are these guys important? Well, you may, may not have heard about them in your studies at school or, or anything like that, but these guys probably saved the lives of millions of people back in the 80s at a uh, place called Chernobyl. So many of you many of you know about the Chernobyl ex- uh, disaster if you haven't it was a nuclear power plant that uh there was some testing that was going on in there that ended up causing the facility to explode. And when it exploded uh two of the people inside the facility uh, died I think it was immediately, and then uh, over the next like ten days, there were um, emergency crews and firefighters and everybody trying to get this stuff under control. Because if the power plant ex- actually like went up and it just completely exploded like a nuclear bomb, we're talking nuclear fallout that affects the lives of millions of people around the area. At that point, um, you know the 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 area was already contaminated and to this day and i don't think we'll ever know how many people actually died from the fallout of of chernobyl but it would have been much worse if it weren't for these three men uh, um alexi uh Ananeko, valeri bespalov and boris baranov these three were workers in the plant one of them was the supervisor and um they were tasked with going in and releasing one of the valves inside the plant it was like, okay, well, what's so big about that? The problem was, um, this valve, it was, it was to release a, a giant pool of water that, uh, for cooling the plant when it was actually working properly. Um, that was, that was below it, but the nuclear waste had, had contaminated it. And when they jumped into it, uh, it was like chest high of radioactive water. It's like, well, what's, the, why would they do that? Why would they go in and, and release the valve? What had happened over the course of the few days when the nuclear power plant exploded was uh, when the firefighters show up and they start putting out the fire with their water and everything, um, all of the mixture of uh, and like the heat from the nuclear reactor, all the mixture of the, the dirty water, the nuclear fallout, all of the broken pipes and everything had mixed together into this molten pool of, of it was basically radioactive lava, essentially what we're talking about here. And it was and it was melting th- through the floor, and it was threatening to actually reach this uh, coolant, this this pool of cooling water at the bottom of the reactor. If it reached that and it hit that, uh, it would have exploded. I don't know if you if anybody listening has ever uh, pulled like something hot out of the oven and then immediately had like cold water drip on it or something like that. But it it, it sizzles. It's just like you know. Well, when this if this would have hit the the cold water the uh the difference in temperature would have caught a an explosion so large uh that it would have shot all of this radioactive material up into the atmosphere and who knows where it would have gone and that probably would have affected millions of people throughout Russia uh the Middle East and uh and Europe well these three guys knowing the potential dangers decided okay we're going to throw on some radioactive protection suits as best they, as best as it could jump into this water that was already contaminated and made their way to the valve. They found it, uh, were able to release the valve and got all the water out before the whole facility came 
crumbling down. It was reading about it. It's just incredible. It's ridiculous. Like you talk about a suicide mission. Literally, yeah. That's it. Because like there's, there's <laughs> they're the suicide even, squad. <laughs> yeah. Like well, there's not even like a guarantee that they're able to do it, right? Like right, exactly. They might just jump into the toxic radioactive like sludge and just and, melt. <laughs> yeah, and die instantly. Yeah, they had no idea the. the well, they, because they worked in the power plant, they might have had a little bit of an idea, but I mean, you never know what's going to happen with that. Yeah. Um, there, there was, there's this uh, short poem like thing that was written in the trumpet. Um, I don't, I don't know anything about the trumpet other than this was a really cool thing. Uh, it's very short. I'll, I'll read it really quick for those who are listening. It says, at Chernobyl, man strove to yoke the earth and bend the primal elements of, of it until they cracked with pure atomic power. And then the yoke came loose and all was chaos. A continent lay sleeping, unaware that in the frozen north a molten steam crept ceaselessly toward apocalypse. Let it touch the water, and a poison cloud of steam would pour into the sky above and upraise scythe uh, to reach the whole of Europe. The workers, soldiers, firefighters all knew that the plant was poised to blow again. One valve would stop it, but the way was long. No man who went into the plant would live. Three men came forward from the group of, to volunteer. Three men to stand between a continent and certain doom. No statues would be theirs, just six feet by four feet of permafrost. Three lead-lined coffins and their duty alone. Death, done, uh, death does not always come in fire and blood, and brave man stands and does his duty well when he is called upon to face the sword. But take away the sword and send him doom-slow creeping, with a taste of bitter iron and pins and needles prickling at the skin, the hardiest man might quail. But not that day. In Kiev and Prague, grandmothers walk the streets and see their children's children play around them because of these three, uh, the three of Chernobyl gave all. And somewhere, in a quiet Russian field, three lie at rest, their duty to mankind now done. Now, uh, that poem is, embellishes a little bit when I say a little bit, I mean, um, all three of them survived. Okay. They all made it. Uh, but, uh, in, in 2005, I believe it was, um, uh, Boris Baranov, I believe he died of heart failure. Um, uh, I don't know if that's related to any, any like fallout from what happened, but the other two are still alive and they're still working with like nuclear facilities and things of that nature. Wow. Um, but I mean, like they had no idea they would make it to 2020. <laughs> right. They had no idea. But they they went in anyway uh, because they knew it was the right thing to do to save all these people. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and that's really, you know, we joked about like it being like a suicide mission, but that's really, I mean, what it is is mm -hmm. them putting their lives on the line for the chance, the hope that they could save. You know, it ended up being millions of people. Exactly. Um, that is, I, I, I don't know, I don't know how I would react in a situation like that, but, um, you know, to, to be in a dire situation and have the courage from our first episode <laughs> to have the courage to step up and do that is just, um, it's, it's very, very admirable for sure. And now, a word from our sponsors. 
Dad Joke Corner. Hey Ryan, did you know vampires aren't real? Yeah. Unless you count Dracula. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, hey, Dan. Yeah. My son screeched, Dad, you haven't listened to one word I've said to you, have you? What a strange way to start a conversation. <laughs> this has been Dad Joke Corner. Preparing you for the future. So each week, uh, we, we have this segment where we talk about how then we can make our lives better based on the, our theme for the week. So this week is sacrifice. Sometimes we have our segment of guidance counselors where we take questions and we talk about um, you know, specific examples of what we can do to make ourselves better. But one of our favorites is when we take somebody else's quote and we tear it apart because the advice they give is so terrible. <laughs> In our one of our favorite segments known as, here's why you're wrong. Here's why you're wrong. This week of here's why you're wrong, I have a spicy quote for you, Dan. I All want, right. I want to hear what you have to, to say about this. Uh, I found it on Twitter. Uh, the best I will... place for advice <laughs> in all it. of human history. I found it on Twitter. Twitter. Uh, I will uh, keep keep the name of the person who shared this anonymous for uh, for their own safety. They know, uh, they know who they are. Yeah, they know what they did. Um, <laughs> it actually had it had so many likes. I, I'm just gonna say that before I even read this. It had so many likes and so many retweets. And um, here it goes. It says, oh, darling, a great condescending way to start out a tweet. Uh, oh, darling, you have a lot to learn. Rule number one in life, never sacrifice your own happiness for anybody. If you've got that dream job, but it's so f away from your significant other, go for that interview. Because if they're, if they're the one, then they'll support you. What do you think about that? Wow. Yeah. Wow. How, how does it feel? I, I want, oh, I, I should say this before we actually start. The yeah. never, the only word that uh, that's really capitalized in this is the word never. Never sacrifice. Shout it from the rooftops. Never sacrifice. Never. For, for <laughs> I wonder, anybody. I wonder how it feels like, what it feels like to be the center of your own universe. Because <laughs> that's what's happening here. Like, I, I, unfortunately, because I'm alive in the 20th century or 21st century, I was also alive in the 20th century. <laughs> yeah. Same here. Um, I understand the worldview that this is coming from. Yeah, right? this I, idea exactly. Of kind of asserting yourself and um, not bowing down before, you know, other people and, you know, that you're an important individual. That's great. But there are times when um, it is necessary to defer or sacrifice for other people, mm -hmm. right? To always assume that everyone else always has to sacrifice for me because I'm the most important um, is not going to make you many long-term relationships. It's right. not going to make you friends. It's not going to make you a good person. 
because all you are doing is saying, I'm more important than everyone else around me. And the things that I want supersede what everyone else wants. Exactly. Um, and so this specific example that they gave us talking about like a significant other, like if you got that dream job, go for the interview, uh, because your significant other, if they're the one, they'll support you. Um, one of the things that strikes me about that is the assumption that you're not going to actually talk about this with your significant other kind of playing into what you were talking about, about you're the center of your own universe and you're more important. And so I'm just going to make my own decisions and everybody else has to follow me. Yeah. Last week, I believe uh, we talked about how that doesn't make a good leader. Um, who was, uh, it was, um, uh, who was the rabbit, the leader of the rabbits in Watership Hazel. Down? Yeah, Hazel. Hazel. Two yeah. Weeks ago, yeah. Well, or from two weeks ago. Yeah. So what made Hazel so awesome was the fact that he he was a leader and people respected his authority but he took other people's uh their their opinions and their suggestions into account mm -hmm. right and so to say never sacrifice your own happiness for anybody is it's just saying like there's nothing anyone can give you there's nothing anybody can offer you uh like whether it's advice or um uh I guess just advice, suggestions, wisdom. There's nothing anybody yeah. can offer you that's better than what you can do for yourself. And that's super arrogant. And it's also not true. Yeah. And if you live your life that way, like you are missing out on such a fullness and a richness that other people can contribute to right. your life. Like my life is better because of some of the sacrifices I've made for people who are really close to me. Yeah. And if I didn't make those sacrifices, if I just always thought, nope, I'm going to get what's mine, I'm going to get what's important to me, like I would have missed out on so many important relationships and so many opportunities that I would just not see because they're not the most important thing to me. Yeah. And also this person is being extremely hypocritical in the fact that they are expecting their significant other to sacrifice for them when they are not willing then to do the same. Exactly. Yeah, it's, like you, sh you should never, like, what's that about a, a leader? Like you should never ask someone to do something you're not willing to do yourself. Yeah. So you need to drop your whole life and come with me, but I'm not going to do the same for you. Exactly. <laughs> it's just, that's, that is not, that does not lead to healthy relationships. Um, it, it's, it's not going to work. This is why like, it's okay. Like if they went for the interview, you know, whatever, but did you talk about it beforehand? Did you communicate uh, beforehand? Because sometimes that even takes a little bit of sacrifice is learning how to communicate well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, did you even go that far that you were just going to talk about it and say, hey, like my plan is to go in for this interview. What do you think about this? Like, because that that shows respect that you respect their opinions, uh, that the relationship matters to you. Um, you know, there's just, there's so much wrong with this quote, but it was so disheartening because there was so many people that liked it and so many people that retweeted it is like, seriously, is that where we're at now that yeah. we're just living in the land of hypocrisy? Hmm. Yeah. Don't understand it. Bad so, times. so if you're, if you're out there and you agreed with this quote initially, when I read it, I, I hope you think about what you've done. I can't believe it. Can't believe you. Shame. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what do we have next, Daniel? Yeah. So um, after that, 
uh, segment, let's let's lighten things up a little bit and let's uh, let's play a little game, Ryan. Yeah, so we got something new for everybody out here this week. We usually have our wonderful and thought-provoking debates from the annals of history. Yes. Not this week. This week we're bringing something new to the table. We have a new segment called Game On. Game on. All right. So as I said, it is time to lighten the mood a little bit um, after the serious discussion we've been having so far and, uh, and play a new game. So we have a new segment called Game On in which Ryan and I will be going head to head in competitions uh, to determine which of us is the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first game that we are going to be playing is a game called... Uh, I've lost the name of the game. It's a game called Word of Mouth. So uh, Word of Mouth um, is a is a word-guessing game, um, kind of like a catchphrase or something like that. Um, it's played over three rounds um, in which Ryan and I will take turns giving three-word clues um, in a specific category. And then the guest judge will be doing their best to guess what the actual word is that we're trying to, to get them to guess. You only get one guess. So you're going to get three clues, one guess. If you get it right, both the post and the guest judge get a point. If you get it wrong, neither of you get a point. Speaking of uh, guest judges, yeah, uh, um, you sh- should notice that there is a new person on our screen right now. Um, who is that there, Daniel? Yes. So um, this, uh, uh, our first guest judge is um, my brother, Joe. Uh, Joe, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Joe. Hi, Joe. Hi. <laughs> Where are you uh, from? What's your social security number? And can I have access to your bank account? Uh, from Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, 5308- <laughs> <laughs> uh No, you may not. Ah, oh, man. Man, I thought I was going to get somewhere there. <laughs> We got the important digits. We just we just got to left. Um, we can figure the rest out. So yes, Joe is my brother. He has been uh, a I would say a longtime listener of the podcast, um, and is our first guest judge here. So uh, as Joe, long as he can be, yeah, as as long as um, he's going to try here. So Joe, not only are you playing to determine, acting as a guest judge to determine who will re- win myself or ryan yeah. you are also playing for an opportunity to be included on the assemblyman games hall of fame Ooh, yeah this is to keep you from being biased where you only pick for instance your brother's answers yeah so that's the thing I, is i don't feel like this is going to be fair uh because you two grew up with each other and you might have some secret code that i don't know about you know, I know well, how we do. And I know, we do. Well, I know how sneaky you are, Daniel, when it comes to our arguments and our debates. And I know, I know, Joe is just the same. So I have someone a feeling. Say, someone say that Joe to just lump me in. <laughs> someone say that Joe is sneakier. Mm, mm, okay. Well, I got my work cut out for me then. Uh, but that is this exact scenario is why we created the Assemblyman Games Hall of Fame. 
So um, not only are you playing for our glory, you're playing for personal glory because my um, favorite kind of glory. <laughs> all of our guest judges who participate in the show um, will have the opportunity to, if you get the most questions correctly, you'll be forever memorialized on the Assemblyman Games Hall of Fame, and we will mention your name in future episodes when we play games like this um, until you're dethroned by someone else who does better. So you want to try your best to uh, get all of these uh, questions correct. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So you said there's three rounds, three categories. First category is movies. Yes, wonderful. So, so, Daniel, you can go first. Yes, so I will be giving, um, so the category is movies, my three-word clue for you, Joe. Now, wait, am I am I trying to guess, is it, like, just the genre of movies? No, 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 you're guessing the movie title. Yeah, okay. it's a title. Yeah, it's, yeah, you're guessing the movie specific title. Specific movie, yeah. We should clarify that. Yeah, specific movie titles. Okay. So the three-word clue that you uh, have here is um, Wizard... School, cavern. Wizard school, cavern. Okay. I don't know. Can he get this one? Let's hope not, because I want to win. I'm just trying to think of the specific one. <laughs> Yeah, there's. If if you're thinking what I think you're thinking, there's a couple uh, to choose from there. Uh huh. And I've only seen them all once. <laughs> um, I may have made them. a grave error. Um. So this is. I have some titles on this bookshelf. I'm just gonna. Move my shoulder up just a little bit so I can't. Hmm. It's not that one. It's not that one. What is that one called? <laughs> All right. So you have made a grave error in picking this movie. All right. Well, you're going to have to lock in a guess here, Joe. Okay. Well, Harry Potter. <laughs> And that's a great start. Um, <laughs> I'll give you a hint. Half-Blood Prince. Ooh, you said the Half Blood Prince? Yeah. So close. Close. You want to uh, give the answer right now? Yeah, it was uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Ah. Uh, Close. I was gonna. I was gonna give you a hint. And say the next word was the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for my word of mouth movie, I have these three words for you. Okay. Poultry. Baseball. Aliens. Chicken Little. Boom! Chicken Little, right <laughs> off the bat. Let's go. That is absolutely correct. That's one point for me and More one point of for me. <laughs> <laughs> one point of glory for Joe. 
All right, moving on. What is our second category? Yeah, so second category here is fictional cities. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Fictional cities. Um, so, Ryan, do you want to give the first clue? This time? Sure. Yep, I'll go first this time. So my three-word clue for you is, well, they are, <laughs> Carolina, Sheriff, Whistling. Oh, what's the town? Oh, no. <laughs> My odds are looking better. No. <laughs> no, those were beautiful clues. Thank you. <laughs> Can you... Mm, never mind. I can't say that. We give too much away. What is, the, what is that town called? Carolina Sheriff <laughs> Whistling. Whistling. What's my time limit? Um, I'll probably give you another fifteen seconds. As as we go along here, and then in our next couple episodes with game on, we'll probably be able to put a timer on the board. But this time, we'll just have to keep tracking our heads. Okay. <laughs> He's thinking. It's like right on the tip of my brain. Four, three, two, one. You got a guess? No. Nope. Can you whistle it? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> it still doesn't stop, count. Stop still doesn't count. Copyrighted. Still doesn't uh, count, <laughs> but. <laughs> no, great clues. I just can't think of the town. Uh, the town was. Mayberry. Mayberry. Uh oh, Sheriff Andy. My dad my uh, my dad watched all of those episodes and so that song is ingrained in my head till the day <laughs> I die. <laughs> all right, Daniel. Show. Quality show. Uh, You're let's up. see. Let's see if Joe fares a little bit better with my clues. Um hopefully he remembers the name of this town. Okay. Um so fictional cities, the three word clue. Teenage Vampire Killers. Teenage Vampire Killers, uh, Sunnydale. Oh, man. Got it. Uh, yeah, that's two, uh, two points for Joe, and then it's one-to-one -one with Daniel and Ryan Wait, here. This is getting exciting. Yeah. This, this is it. It all comes down to the final third category, which is... Gardening. <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Daniel, you can uh, give your first clues yeah, here. So gardening, anything to do with gardening is on the table here. Okay. Um, my, your three-word clue is rolling carry trough. Wheelbarrow. Solid clues. Oof. All right, uh -oh. on, Ryan. this is on. not <laughs> oh no i regret all of my clues now um <laughs> uh, i'm gonna need you to think really hard about this one okay, okay? here we go the three words are white purple mario <laughs> purple <sighs> i'm not willing to give dan the win uh... just this easy Radish? 
Oh. Um, wait. Are, that's a great guess. Are radishes and turnips the same thing? I don't think so. Because I knew up. what you were talking about. I couldn't remember which they were. <laughs> Is a radish a turnip? Uh, the the di uh the turnip is usually smaller, bulbous, and somewhat uh conical, often with a uh. So turnips are not radishes. Nope. Oh man, uh, they so they are just close. smaller. They are just smaller. That was a great guess. Unfortunately oh. for me, it down. That's all right. That's all right. Um. But for future for future reference and anybody listening, um, if let's say uh, we were to have tied uh, Daniel and I, there is a tiebreaker round. Um, should should we do a tiebreaker round? Just no points, just like for the sake of it. Yeah, just for fun. Let's, yeah, let's, well. just try it out. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> our tiebreaker category is types of beans. Types of beans. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan, Dan okay. you, can, you can go first. Yep. So, and and the, the thing that makes the tiebreaker different is it's only a one word clue. Okay. So it okay. ratchets up the difficulty. Mm -hmm. One word clue, category types of beans. Ford. Ford? <laughs> Capital F. Uh, Pinto beans. Wow. All right. Very well Joe. done. All right. <laughs> and my, my one word clue for types of beans, Peru. Coffee beans? <laughs> okay. That's, oh. that's a good guess. Good guess. I was going with the obscure, it's actually lima beans. I know it's pronounced lima, but I was going for lima, lima spelled the same, and then lima beans. But yeah, so either way, Dan would have won. Well, that was great. Uh, lots of fun. Thanks for guessing the types of beans, too. That was, <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, welcome um, to the, uh, the inaugural member of the Assemblyman Games Hall of Fame, Joe Hintz. Mm-hmm. Give you a little... Little applause there for being first on the leaderboard. And Way for to go. awarding me my first win. Yeah, win. yeah, yeah. Whatever. Your check right. in the mail. <laughs> well, thanks, Joe, for uh, for joining us today. You're um, right. Now that we're getting to the end of the episode, we'll say bye for now, and then we're going to close out this episode. So um, we'll talk to you later. I'm sure Dan and you can gloat in, in whenever whenever you see each other again. So huh. thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Bye. Bye. In the future, we're looking for additional guest judges to help us decide our great debates or play in the game on section of our podcast, as well as the other competitions we have planned. So if you're interested in being a, a featured guest uh, on our future, future segments, send us an email with the subject line guest judge, and we will try to coordinate an appearance. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Assemblyman podcast. You can find our episodes on YouTube, Podbean and SoundCloud, just search for the Assemblyman Podcast. If you have any feedback, topics, 
topics you'd like us to discuss or questions you'd like us to answer, please email us at theassemblymanpodcast at gmail.com or connect with our Facebook page at facebook.com slash theassemblymanpod. We'd love to hear from you and continue the conversation. Also, if you like what you heard and you believe in what we're doing, please leave us a rating or review in the podcast platform of your choice. And if you know anyone else who might enjoy listening, and feel free to share us with a friend. This really helps us grow our audience and means we get to welcome even more awesome people into the assembly. So, Ryan, what did we learn today? Well, um, I learned that if I'm going to jump into the nuclear waste of a power plant, I should probably know where I'm going in order to get to the valves. But I yeah. pro- but I probably just go to the pet store. Very true. Very true. <laughs> Um, well, I learned, Ryan, that um, there are a lot of um, sadly misguided people on the internet. Mm, yes, um, yeah. Very glad that our podcast is here to set them all straight. Oh, yeah, we will. We'll work our way through the tweets one at a time. One down, 10 million to go. <laughs> That's a conservative estimate. <laughs> All right, so uh, thank you again for listening to this episode of the Assemblyman Podcast, and until next time, meeting adjourned. See you.